We are live from the Widecast Studios in downtown Peoria for another edition of Scott Wheeler's Airplay, where we go behind the scenes to talk to radio and TV personalities, past and present, that uh, you have listened and watched and find out what's going on in their lives, kind of behind the scenes. We are live now on Peoria Life's Facebook page and YouTube channel. And we're also going to post this to uh, the uh, Peoria TV i3 Broadband Channel 17. And uh, it'll be all over Facebook, trust me. Also, Apple Podcasts is a way you can listen to AirPlay when you're on the go. Today, I often get this question. Where and whatever happened to Dan Dermody? Well, we're going to find out because I found him. He was roaming the streets outside the studios, and I said, come <laughs> on in here and let's talk to you and find out what's going on years and years in country radio, especially WXCL, and Dan is here on AirPlay today. Welcome. Good to see you, Scott. It is good to see you again. Yep. So, um, what have you been doing since your exit from radio? That's what everyone wants to know. I think most people assumed you went off to uh, be a snowbird in Arizona or Florida or something like Not that. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, I'm Mr. Mom. Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife is still working, so uh -huh. I'm doing a lot of things around the house and stuff like that. But uh, I did do a couple of part-time jobs in the last few years. I helped uh, launch Prekshot Pharmacy out uh -huh. in Junction City, and I worked for a couple of years for Wright and Salmon Funeral Home. Mm -hmm. But uh, right now, I'm not really doing much of anything. If there's anybody out there who has a part-time <laughs> gig available, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> so where did this all begin for you? I know you were in the service, so I wonder if you were part of uh, Armed Forces Radio or anything like that when you started. It all started, I tell you, the only thing I ever wanted to do in my entire life was be in the radio business. I hear you. From the time I was five years old, mm -hmm. I, I was one of these guys who on Saturday afternoons would sit at home with my typewriter when the top 30s being counting down. I had <laughs> loose leaf binders full of pages, you know. <laughs> I could tell you what label they were on, what color it was, who wow. wrote the song, you know. I was just one of those guys. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started hanging around a little radio station in Centralia, Illinois, okay. and uh, which was about 20 miles from where I grew up. And uh, the guy was, who owned the station was very nice, let me do that, just come in, hang around. And after I graduated from high school, I said to him, you know, I have this idea. How about if I go to all the high schools in the area, send them forms to fill out about what they're doing, what's going on at the schools, and I come in on a Saturday afternoon and I do an hour or two of music and, and talk about what's happening at all the schools. He said, that sounds like a great idea, but I'm not going to pay you anything. <laughs> so, so for two years, I literally drove back and forth, and I did that. Uh, and I joined the service, and uh, after basic training, was sent to uh, Okinawa, mm. where Armed Forces Radio had a beautiful setup. It was gorgeous. And so I worked there for a while, uh, off-duty, got permission from the officer for the time I was over there. And when I found out I was coming back to the States a year and a half later, I was going to North Carolina to Seymour Johnson Air Force Base in Goldsboro, and I looked up and found the radio stations there, wrote one of the general manager, one of the owners, say, I'm going to be stationed there. If you have any openings, I'd love to talk to you. He wrote me a very nice letter back and said, we'd love to talk to you when you get here. And I ended up working like 50 hours a week part-time, <laughs> off-duty there. And in 1968, we got married and uh, moved to Raleigh. 
out on Atlanta to station there, a top 40 station. And from there to Florida, and from Florida to Peoria. Okay. So I think most people obviously associate you with country, but it sounds like you did, well, you mentioned top 40. Yeah. So it hasn't been exclusively country. No, I'd say out of the close to 49 years I was in the business, I'd say 25 of those years was probably in country. Okay. But uh, most of it was in top 40. And I did a seven-year stint in Vero Beach, Florida, uh, for a beautiful music station <laughs> as a sales manager and, and whatever. So, yeah, I've pretty much done it all. So it, I haven't done uh, some of the formats, but I haven't done talk. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing it now. Yeah, I'm doing it now. <laughs> so uh, what got you to Peoria? Obviously a job opening and... Um, tell me about that experience. Well, what, I had worked in uh, North Carolina and Florida with Bob Kelly. Mm. Um, and uh, he and our, he, his family and our family got, got to be real good friends. And so he ended up buying stations in Missouri and some other places and would always call and say, hey, you guys want to come up? And, uh, you know, no, we're not leaving South Florida. <laughs> you know, we're five minutes from the ocean in Vero Beach and we're, we're enjoying the lifestyle. But when he moved uh, up here to Peoria and bought WXCL, mm -hmm. and at the time was uh, <clears throat> Q105, mm -hmm. um, we decided, yeah, we'll come because my wife and I grew up in a small town in small towns about 30 miles east of St. Louis, mm -hmm. and my wife had lost her dad a couple of years prior to that. My folks and her mother were getting up in years, and not in the best of health. Mm -hmm. So it was time to make that full circle move yeah. back to uh, the central Illinois area where it was closer. So when you got to WXCL, that was just on the AM side at right. the time. What, what year would have that been? Uh, 86. 86, yeah. okay. And then Q105, which was WKQA, was exactly. kind of a adult contemporary, right. top 40-ish kind of thing. And eventually, WXCL AM would also end up on the FM signal. Exactly. And you went right along with yeah, it. Yeah, I went right over to the FM side, yeah. yeah. So tell me about the the legendary years of you and folks like Kimber Bennett at WXCL. I, I tell you, that we had more fun um, than is allowed by law, like they say. <laughs> and uh, over the year, course of the years, uh, I was very fortunate, and we were doing mornings, and uh, I had some great help, mm -hmm. you know, some great uh, co-hosts co and whatever. Mm -hmm. But man, when Kimber came along, it really, it really clicked. Uh, you talk a lot on your program here, I know, about chemistry. Mm-hmm. And we had that. Yep. Uh, we got to the point where we could finish each other's sentences. We knew what the other person was going to say. We just played off each other very mm -hmm. well. But uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a fun ride. And that was, I'm guessing, kind of early 90s-ish? Early 90s, yeah. And that is when that big wave exactly what was then called New Country. Yeah, Clint Black, Alan Jackson, Garth Brooks, right. you know, the whole, the whole nine yards there. Uh, I got a funny story I got to tell you. Okay. You mentioned, we mentioned Garth Brooks. Uh, when we first moved over, uh, we were going to have a listener appreciation concert. Uh, we were going to charge, I don't know, $10.49 because it was on 104.9 mm -hmm. for tickets and whatever. And so we were trying to get an artist to come in and, and, and play with us. Well, Garth had just had his first hit. 
And so the record company says, hey, we'll give you Garth. You can, you know, he'll come in and play. <laughs> and so we all sat around and we said, Garth Brooks? <laughs> Nobody knows who he is yet. Nobody's going to come to this show. So we decided to go with a guy named Ronnie McDowell. <laughs> Who was really hot back then? He uh -huh. had you know a dozen number one songs and whatever, and so my my story is all the time I turned down a free show from <laughs> Garth Brooks. <laughs> I'll never live that. Down. No, you won't. And, and it's all about timing, man. <laughs> I haven't had the opportunity to tell him about that. I did meet Garth, but uh, never had the opportunity to uh, tell him the story about about that. My guess is he wouldn't do a free show now, or maybe he's made so much money he would. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So I've been looking forward to talking to you for a number of reasons, but your perspective more than anything on what we just alluded to, uh, country music's evolution. Here's what I think happens, and it's kind of the same thing in rock and roll. So you have this, this wave, and you go back as far as you want to, and then it evolves with a new set right. of artists. And everyone who liked the original set of artists thinks, this is not country. Exactly. Forget about it. I'm not listening. I can't handle it. Then that group gets established, and another wave comes along, and the same thing happens. Right. I'm not listening to that, yeah. that new stuff anymore. Give me Garth Brooks and exactly. Alan Jackson. Then it happens again and then again. Have you gotten to the point where you have fallen over to the dark side and said, this new wave of country music, the... You know the Keith Urban's. He's not really new, but you know the the the, the Florida bro Georgia country, lines. Florida Georgia yeah. line, you, yeah. where you're saying in your head, "I'm sorry, but that's not country music." You're holding on to Garth and Roddy yeah. McDowell. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, but but if you had a chance to watch the Ken Burns country special, yes. which I awesome. thought was phenomenal, awesome. Uh, you, you got a chance to see how things are constantly changing. Yes, you know nothing stays the same. Everything evolves. Uh, and what, what, what we considered rock and roll when I was growing up in the 60s and 50s certainly isn't what they consider rock and roll today. So everything right. just changes. Yeah. yeah, It just goes along. So, but be honest. You listen to Florida Georgia Line and you win. No. <laughs> <laughs> so say, you do win. Everybody says, what do, you, do you listen to country? <laughs> nope. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> no, I can't say not anymore, but not not very often. Uh, you know, I have the I have the same issue with uh, contemporary music, so yeah. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Well, what you played on KZ ninety three years ago certainly isn't around. You know, no. that's not on oldie stations. No, no, it's nope. not on WIRL. <laughs> no, <laughs> sure isn't. So, um, what's the craziest thing you ever had to do in in radio, or the most? You know, I know we're going to get to some memorable things, but yeah. I just did. Did you ever have to like uh, broadcast from a cow or anything? No, like that? but I had to broadcast from my underwear up on top of Jim McComb Chevrolet years ago. Uh, that you didn't yeah. really have to bring that up, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> I made sure I had like four pair on. <laughs> what was the occasion that caused you to do that? Uh, they just were, you know, we've uh, stripped our prices down oh. or something like that. <laughs> but, yeah, I think everybody in the radio business has done something crazy at some point in their life. But uh, yeah, that was... Uh, I mean, there were there were other crazy things too, but that was pretty nuts. Yeah, I'll say, yeah, that might take the cake. So we we're talking about your interaction with 
country artists over the years, and especially when they're new in their career, a la right. Garth, and then have turned into superstars. Uh, in fact, in promoting this show, a great picture you have with Kit Taylor Swift. Oh, God, and I, I look her. at that picture and I think, man, who would have thought that was at probably, that point in time, and now she sells out yeah. stadiums. Well, that was, you know, over the course of your career, there are some things that really stand out, and that really stands out in my career. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, and the way it happened was we had a, a St. Jude child named Lexi from Chillicothe. Mm -hmm. um, and I had gotten a hold, she was a huge Taylor Swift fan, and she was like eight years old. And I got a hold of the management company and I told him, this girl is going to be at the show, uh, is there any chance of meeting Taylor Swift? So we, we got a couple of backstage passes and tickets and stuff like that. And uh, she was actually the opening act for Rascal Flats. Of course. She was opening it. So anyway, make a long story short, we go to the meet and greet. Uh -huh. uh, this lady comes and says, uh, uh, have a seat over here in this room and somebody will be back in just a second. Unbeknownst to us, it was her mom. Mm -hmm. uh, so Taylor's mom comes and gets us, takes us out into the arena, and we got these VIP seats. Taylor's performing, and she said, somebody will be here to get you in just a few minutes. Well, as she's doing her last two or three songs, these two ushers come, get us, carry us right up to the stage. They reach down and pick up Lexi, and she's up on stage oh, singing with Taylor Swift. Man! So after she does a couple of songs with her, they take her off stage. We're back, and Taylor finishes her show. And all of a sudden, we hear, "Hey, let's go!" And she's in a golf cart, <laughs> and she takes Lexi, her sister, who's a couple of years older, and her mom, and I, and we go on to Taylor's bus, and we're on there for like an hour. And she's showing these kids her jewelry, her awards. She gives them a, a, a stuffed animal. And I mean, the girl, it, it couldn't have been any nicer. I mean, she was just awesome. I'd love to meet her again sometime and just tell her what an incredible difference she made in this child's mm -hmm. life. Unfortunately, Lexi passed away about a year and a half after that. Mm. Well, you helped her live a dream. Yeah. You made a wish, so yeah, to speak. It was, it was a fun night. We're talking with Dan Dermody here on Airplay today. Dan, of course, spent many years as the uh, morning show host, uh, along with others at uh, WXCL and a uh, legend here in Peoria for sure, kind of blazed the trail for country radio in central Illinois. And you've been recognized for that. I know that, uh, I can't remember the organization that yeah. has honored you many times. Yeah, uh, the Illinois Country Music Association, which right. is kind of a misnomer, it's actually the middle third of the state. Okay. So, yeah. Well, that's well, what's the name of the award again? I forgot. Well, I, you know, DJ of the year, okay. radio personality uh -huh. of the year. And uh, they gave me a uh, humanitarian award one year for the work with St. Jude and stuff. And let's talk about that. So, I assume, because I know country radio and St. Jude have been married for years, but. Um, with the St. Jude connection in here in Peoria, was it the radio platform that um, brought you into a relationship with St. Jude, or had you been doing stuff before? No, that? actually, there was a lady named Michelle, and uh, her son, Austin, was about two years old and had cancer. And she called one day to the station and said, I've got an idea that I think you guys might be interested in. And so she came, and she's telling us about this uh, Country Cares for Kids Radiothon. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, it was just getting started. It was all founded by Randy Owen from Alabama. And uh, there were uh, maybe a hundred stations around the country that would participate in this every year, raising money for St. Jude. And so we got to talking about all that. And in the meantime, while we're talking, Austin's underneath the table untying our shoes and whatever. <laughs> but we, my wife and I and the then director of St. Jude here in town went up to Chicago and watched them do their radiothon up there and said, we can do this. Mm -hmm. So we did our first ones out at Northwoods Mall, Center Court. And we started, and we did the first year, and we did pretty well. And then it just get, got bigger after that. Mm -hmm. So she was the uh, catalyst among the whole thing. And so it's been 27 years now that we've been involved mm -hmm. with St. Jude in one way or another, my wife and I both. What I think is unique about you, Dan, is in radio, we all have those kind of public service projects that we do, and it's kind of connected to our work. And when the work goes away, oftentimes that connection goes away. But with you, just from following you on Facebook and so forth and knowing you, you have kept up that relationship. And I assume with some of the patients oh, yes. that were little kids when you first uh, it, got to know them and it, now are thriving yeah, the, adults. A, a lot of them are married and have their own kids, which is great. <laughs> That's got to be and, so uh, and, rewarding. But of course, along the way, we, we did lose, lose a few some, children. Sure. But uh, it's really, I have what I call my charter kids. Mm -hmm. uh, because they were the ones that were on first back in the early 90s and mid 90s mm -hmm. and whatever. And I still keep in touch with a lot of them and I see them from time to time and uh, that's it's really cool to see them have their own families now. So talk about what that organization then has meant to you. Why? I mean the the, the pull is obvious, kids who are obvious, sick, yeah, but, but the, it goes deeper for you I, I think. You know it's it gets in your heart, uh -huh. you know. Scott, you've been involved in charitable work over mm -hmm. the years, and you know, there's just something about St. Jude and, and the kids. It just gets in your heart, mm -hmm. and, and you just, you're just, you know, it just pulls you right in. You just can't help it. It just, it means so much. You, and, you, and obviously you've kept up with some of them. Does one... I think the Taylor Swift story is amazing. Is, yeah. there, is there another one like that? That uh, a, a special, a special kid. They're all special, but oh, the, yeah, they're all special. Um, you know, I don't know. They're just there's been so many of them, and it's mm -hmm. and it's it's very sad that there still are so mm -hmm. many of them. But they're they're making great strides at St. Jude as far as the research and all that. And uh, hopefully one day there won't be any more childhood yeah. cancer. That, I just think it's a great marriage of um, the fact that you were here, radiothons for St. Jude were fairly new. Um, I got to hand it to that WXC, although they're, or the Wolf, they're, they, they're carrying on that yeah. radiothon tradition. Yeah, I wonder, you know, starting with you up till today, what the, the total must be of money raised through those radiothons. Well, I was involved in... 13 years here, mm -hmm. and we did well over a million dollars wow. in that 13-year period, and they've continued on. Yeah. Uh, John and uh, the gang over there have, yeah. have done a great job. Yeah. So, uh, how many grandkids are you up to now? How many grandkids? Yeah. Uh, one. One? <laughs> yeah. That's all you've managed to squeeze yeah, that's, out? That's it. <laughs> uh, as a matter of fact, he'll be 10 years old Wow. Uh, next week. Uh, my son... And his wife and, and our grandson, Quinn, live out in Portland, Oregon. 
Okay. So we're out there a couple of times a year. They may come here, but we talk to them a lot on Skype. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they're very happy in Portland. They don't want to live anywhere else. <laughs> so they love it out there. So, yeah. yeah. It's funny. I went to a high school reunion recently, and people are talking about their 23 grandkids. And we were, well, how many do you have? Uh, one. one. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah. And, and he's, he's going to be like 10. <laughs> yeah, we were late coming to that table. Yeah, but you have lot, you have lots of family here. You have a brother, don't you? Is I have Tom a brother. Still around? Uh, yeah. Yeah, here, my, uh, my niece, uh, Jessica, Dr. Higgs, is a, a sports doc at Bradley. Her husband's uh, uh, Dr. Craig Higgs is with OSF. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, we were drawn to Peoria. Uh, I'm the oldest of seven kids, wow. and uh, my brother Tom, who lives here, is editor of the Catholic Post newspaper. Um, he's the youngest, so the bookends ended up in Peoria. <laughs> I, have, I actually have five brothers and one sister. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. Well, Dan, it has been wonderful catching up. I told you this would go quickly, and Dan has so much... T- so many stories <laughs> that we're going to have to do part two for sure. So you're, you're into the part two club. <laughs> I've heard that. Some of the other people you've yeah. talked to. Well, thank you, Scott. I tell you, this has really been fun, and uh, I appreciate you having me here this Absolutely. morning. Absolutely. It's been great to catch up. This has been uh, another edition of Airplay here on uh, Peoria Life's web portal, the Facebook page. Also, Peoria Life has a YouTube channel, and we go live there every week, but you can uh, watch previous and future episodes at Peoria Life, YouTube, Peoria TV, that's channel 17 on the i3 broadband system, and of course all over Facebook. And if you're on the go, we encourage you to listen to it on Apple Podcasts. We'll have another great uh, edition of this next Tuesday around 10 a.m. Until then, thanks for watching another edition of Airplay. Have a great day. PeoriaLife.com